Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Let us hear the words of our second reading this morning as it comes to us from the gospel according to Luke. Chapter 13, verses 31 to 35, which you can find in your pew Bibles or in the bulletin insert, or if you're at home, a Bible that you might have nearby. So let us listen now to God's holy word for us and what it says this morning. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I finish my work. Yet, Today and tomorrow and the next day, I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. At the top of our reflection this morning, I want us to partake in an exercise of sorts to take a moment to do a couple of things. And this is not a rhetorical exercise. This is, I hope you participate in some way. First, I want you to either find a piece of paper. You can use your bulletin if you have it. And if you have a writing utensil, you can use that. Or you may accumulate a mental list. So there's that first step. And once you either find your piece of paper, or if you want to use your bulletin and have a writing instrument, or you're ready to make that mental list, I want you to take a moment and jot down three desires you have now. They could be hopes. What are your hopes? They could be goals. What are your goals? They could just be things that are lingering on your heart or things your heart are yearning for. But take a moment to jot down three of those desires. That includes anyone who's listening later or at home. Now, you can keep thinking about this. It's, you don't have to stop. But I'm going to say once you've sort of identified what those three things are, I want you to sort of, either next to it or below it, sort of, you could do it sort of a column or a top-bottom list. I want us to sort of move on to the second step, 
which is to almost repeat what you did just now, but instead of your desires, I want you to write or to think about what are three desires God has or what desires you think God has for you right now. Not what you want, but what God desires for your life in this moment. And when you've done that, just take a moment to look at those two lists. As we think about desires, as you take a moment to look at the things you have written on your side of the list, and as you take a look at what you believe God desires for you, we realize that perhaps some of these things don't jive or don't fit together, or perhaps they're completely different lists, which is okay. We'll get there in a little bit. But today we have a chance to think about this Lenten season. What desires our hearts are yearning for today? Because I think as we look back, as we hear what Jesus is saying in our passage for today, we quickly understand that our hearts possess a number of different desires. And just as our hearts possess a number of desires, each one of us possesses a number of desires that differ from one person to the next. For example, Herod has his own agenda, his own desires. We could probably guess what Herod is looking for this morning. He has quite a track record, if you pay attention to Luke's gospel, of not liking prophets. Uh, not too long ago, he took out John the Baptist, someone who spoke out against him. And now he's after Jesus, hoping to drive Jesus out. So too do we find the Pharisees this morning, who also have their own desires, their own agenda. So often the gospel portrays the Pharisees as people who are sort of counter to Jesus. This morning may be no different. Of course, we're not sure whether the Pharisees truly are concerned about Jesus' safety when they tell him to leave for Herod's searching after him. It could be the case that they care, but it could also be that they just want Jesus out of their hair. They're tired of Jesus preaching a new word to the people who followed in their own footsteps. Neither Herod, though, nor the Pharisees could stop Jesus. They could not stop Jesus from healing and liberating the people who Herod would oppress or the people the Pharisees would oppress. Not even Jerusalem Jerusalem, the city that was known to reject and to kill prophets, not even Jerusalem could stop Jesus. Even though these forces could not stop Jesus, their desires were not stronger than Jesus' will for us, they do serve as a reminder 
to us, though, today, right here and now. They serve as a reminder of what it is our own hearts long for. They serve as a reminder that our desires, if left unchecked against the heart of God, will often skew towards rebellion, skew against the heart of God. Because just as Herod, the Pharisees, and the people of Jerusalem possess particular desires, we too yearn for things, things that are not always in line with the life-giving power of God. Now, in our reading for today, in contrast to Herod and the Pharisees in Jerusalem, we find Jesus. Jesus, too, being fully God and fully human, had desires, had desires for his own life and for our lives as people created in the image of God. As we look at Jesus and what Jesus desired, we quickly learn that if our desires, the desires of this earth, skew more towards greed or abuse of power, imprisonment, or all-around selfishness, that the will of God, the will of Jesus, provides a counter-perspective. For just earlier in Luke's gospel, Jesus tells us his desires pretty plainly and clear. In Luke's gospel, again in chapter 4, Jesus says this, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is what Jesus desires. That is the kind of creation Jesus desires and longs for. And it's the message that Jesus brings to us. But like those three people, three groups we looked at earlier, Herod, the Pharisees, and Jerusalem, and we can include ourselves in that, we'll learn that people don't really like prophets like Jesus or like people like Jesus because they often preach things they or we don't want to hear. They bring the broken realities of our world, of our own hearts, and they lay them at our feet in worship, this place where we think we are comfortable and safe, and they say, this is yours to deal with. This is also an act of worship, something you as the people of God are called to fix. And people don't like that. But the prophet Jesus, the Savior Jesus, reminds us that God's desire here takes precedence and at the center creates for us a moral compass as to how we discern how we live our lives, no matter how hard we try to reject the prophet's message. Now, if you made your list, if you created your list of desires and you thought about what God desires for you at this moment, you might be thinking, as I did this exercise, 
how do I even know? Where do I even begin to think? What God is desiring right now for my life? Well, that's a good question. If you, if you somehow are tapped into that, I would love to hear how you did it. But for most of us, we find that prayer is a great way to start. That prayer is a way we can begin to bridge the gap between our desires and the desires of Jesus. It's a step certainly in the right direction. Because in prayer, we can be honest. We can be brutally honest about not just what our heart yearns for, but also what deep-seated concerns we have what worries we have, what fears or doubts we have during our time of prayer, during our time where we seek discernment from God. Prayer is that one-on-one time between you and God. We are reminded during this Lenten season that our hearts are pulled in a number of different directions pulled in numerous directions as we wander throughout the wilderness. As we wander this wilderness, we are reminded today that prayer is a way for us to discern a clear path forward, or at least a path forward. If you're going to join us for our Lenten series, this quote will be uh, sound familiar to you. But it is from Donald Bloch, who says this about prayer. That the purpose of prayer, that the purpose of prayer of petition is not to have our own way, but to bring our will into conformity with the will of God. Prayer is a conversation, both informal, like well, informal and formal. They don't always have to be these long formulaic prayers. It can be a conversation. That is the beginning of how we understand what it is our hearts yearn for and what it is God is looking for. Take another look at your list, the physical or mental ones you made at the beginning of this message, and how do they compare? How do the two columns compare? Are they similar? Are there similarities between the two lists? Are they completely different? Would you say that you were honest with what you thought God's expectations and desires might be? As we weigh these things in our meditation for today, we should remember that Jesus is not looking to control every aspect of our lives and bend our will to some autocratic rule that would diminish the divine spark of free will within us. But Jesus is anticipating that we will respond in thanksgiving and that we will consider how we might form and reform ourselves to align ourselves a little closer to the will of God. As Jesus came to proclaim the good news and to bring creation back under the divine source of love, let us continue in this work by making sure that our hearts are tuned to the heart of God. And as I mentioned previously this Lenten season, let us not look at what we are giving up for the sake of giving up, but let us look 
towards what we are gaining through prayer, by living more just lives, more loving lives, and lives that each day spur us on to become more and more like the image of God that is embedded deep within our souls. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.